Tyler Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Greg. We here back at it. Episode Tris. Tris. It's like a tricycle, but like, because of three wheels, but like. You're third wheeling right now. With a third episode. Just kidding. That's weird. That is weird. Third episode. Here we go. Uh, Today we're talking about your faith. You. Yeah, you. Listening to this. I'm in your ears. Talking about your faith and our faith and how to um, live our faith. What do you think there, Grant? You think that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's early in the morning right now, but we're here for you. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, I think a few things that we kind of outlined for today are biblical literacy, why you need to know the full truth, understanding biblical context, the character of God, and the pursuit of Christ daily. So this is a little bit different than our first couple episodes, because a lot of those are just very scripture heavy to kind of get the point of who God is and what he was doing through the story of the Bible. This is more about you as a Christ follower. Why should you know the full truth, Grant? Yeah, it's important. I think one of the biggest reasons for me is like you read the story of Jesus going out into the desert by himself uh, and he's tempted while, while he's fasting and the devil and him have this interaction where the devil tries to get Jesus to sin, and his best chance at doing this is when Jesus is one, like alone by himself. But also, like one of the scariest things to me, I think, is the devil's quotes scripture like multiple times. Yeah, and it's scary. It's a scary thought to me because it's like, wow, like he knows this stuff too, and he misuses this stuff. Yeah, and so I think as believers, like, if we're not careful, like, Scripture can be used against us to lead us to do things that we shouldn't do. And the way Jesus combats this in the story is to know the full truth and know, well, it also says this, and to know just understanding Scripture in its full context rather than knowing it in little bits and pieces and using those to justify behavior. Jesus knew the full story. He knew the full context. And so he was able to say, that's not actually what that verse means. And here's why. Because here it says this. Yeah. And I I think that, I mean, it's super important to know. I guess I don't know that you can know, know, know the full truth. But Mm -hmm. if you have that relationship with God, and he reveals those truths to you, you know, and being so connected with God that you're not going to be like, oh, it says that, and then just follow that blindly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the big passage that comes to my mind off of that is, you know, Paul went on all these missionary journeys, you know, and from here to there, shared the message of the gospel of Jesus and how, you know, Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, all these things, but then um, all these truths from the Old Testament that he shared 
and there was in Act 17 there was a group known as the Bereans. They uh, were more noble character of anyone, and as he shared the message, they received with great eagerness, it says, and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. How about them apples? Um, so I think it's really important as we know the scripture, the more we know if what we are hearing from the stage or from a TikTok or from whatever, is that true or not? The more you know the full picture, the more you're going to know if you're hearing something that's truth or the more, or is it something that they're taking out of context? And I think that's super important because people take a lot of things out of context these days and they twist it. They, they make it so you can do whatever you want or they make it so you can, um, they, they twist it for their own good. You know, you see the, a lot of televangelists, like they twist things for their own good. Um, there's just a lot of different ways to take the Bible out of context if you don't know and even I read for some, yourself. Yeah, I think sometimes it even happens unintentionally. Yeah. Like I know like as a minister, <clears throat> like one of my biggest fears is to take scripture out of context and to teach people something that isn't true. And like in my flawed self, it's it's definitely possible that I think I know something that just isn't true. And the best thing that I can see is when I am giving a sermon or something and I look out and I see people with their Bibles open, I see people following along and they're examining, just like the brand Jews in Acts 17, of is what he says true according to scripture. And I think that's like that's comforting to me to know like people people are, are searching these things out. Yeah. And I think going back to what you you made a point earlier of just like we all can have that tendency to take things out of context if we're not aligning ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because I, I <clears throat> if I'm in a, co- a conversation with, with Tyler or someone else, like I can easily repeat their own words back to them and take them out of context and be like, well, I thought you said this. And then, but Tyler, the source of who's saying the words can say, no, that's not what I meant by that. And the same applies to, the Holy Spirit of we can when we're in line with the Holy Spirit it can reveal or I didn't it he can reveal uh, that um, what we're saying is no no I didn't mean that when you read this verse I yeah. meant this yeah yeah absolutely and I think Grant you and I have talked about this a lot like this is a big reason why a lot of people fall away from God yeah. because of how people misuse God and just misuse their faith. 
And I think many do it unintentionally, but there's also people that do it intentionally and they, they know what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of sick. Um, you know, like you can get sold on comfort. You can get sold on selfishness, but that's not, if you read the Bible at all, that is literally the opposite of what Jesus is trying to, to get out there. It's like, you know, be humble, be selfless, not, not to not take care of yourself. That's not the point. You have to take care of yourself. But the point is thinking of others first, thinking outside of yourself, uh, sharing the gospel, meet the needs of the people. Those are the things. And, and a lot of times, like when the church or people of, from the church like aren't doing those things, a lot of it just turns people away. And it misuses their, um, their, their platform. Mm-hmm. And they misuse their platform. They misuse the scripture. They misuse a lot of different things and for their own gain. And that happens. And, and um, just making sure, like, to limit that, you, as a, as a follower of Christ, need to be aware that that's happening and know the full truth. So I guess, for example, when I was in high school, well, as I was leaving high school, we got a new minister. and. Um, he took a lot of things out of context at the, at the church every week. And my mom was somebody that grew, she said that she grew the most during that time (laughs) because not because he was a good speaker. Uh, it was because she was like, that ain't right. And took notes, took vigilant notes and like vigilant is that's not the word. It's diligent. (laughs) I think both work. Oh, okay. All right. I was looking for diligent, but I said (laughs) diligent. Um, anyways, she took great notes and like went home and, um, studied where he got it wrong and grew a ton during that time. But, you know, she probably was one of two or three that actually did that. I can't imagine the whole congregation did that. Mm -hmm. But the point is making sure that you are studying the word and not relying on the platform. Yeah. I think it's so easy to get caught up in in different things and um, just looking at Scripture itself, the Old Testament, how many times, like, when Israel was about to go into exile of Babylon uh, for 70 years, and a lot of the prophets at the time, if you read Jeremiah or other places, were sending these good messages, like we've talked about this before, of uh, just these false prophets that got up and were said, no, everything's going to be great. And Jeremiah's like, that's not what I'm getting from God. And then, so we see that in the Old Testament. And then one of the biggest themes in the New Testament is Jesus warns his disciples, protect yourself against the, the yeast of the Pharisees. Over and over again, you hear Paul talk about false prophets. And so just this this message of, hey, there's going to be, uh, wolves and sheep clothing yeah. among you, and you have to protect yourself. And the number one way that Scripture tells us that we can protect ourselves is reading it for ourselves. Knowing the Scripture. Yeah. You know, All of that brings us to understanding context of the Bible. So as we as we read the Bible, you want to ask yourself a lot of different questions because, like, the Bible as much as you go and read it and it's like, 
it's a love letter. It's a love letter to me. It's not. <laughs> it's not a love letter to you. Like you are loved, but it is not to you. Who was the original audience that they were writing to? That's what that's the first question you need to ask. What was the meaning to the original audience? What would that have meant to them? Who was the author? What might that tell us about the situation? Um, how does this fit into the story of the Bible? So like taking a step back and looking at the, the whole picture. So not just the original audience and everything, but how does it fit into the whole Bible? Uh, what does it, and then, and only after all those questions, then you ask, what does this mean to us and the community of believers? So it's like, you go through these steps and we're like five, if not six on that step. It's like, you can draw out of what God was trying, you know, to say to those people and what nuggets are there for us. Yeah, I, I like the, the emphasis on it just not it not being a love letter to us. And I think that's an important distinction. And I, I know a lot of people say that and it sounds good. And like you said, God does love us. But when you look at it that way, especially with a lot of Old Testament scriptures and things, you can start to take things and be like, oh, like this verse was meant for me. Yeah. And it's like, well, God was actually talking about Israelites and how he was going to bring them back from exile. And right before that, he's he's talking about their destruction or different things like that. And so I think there's truths in there that yeah. apply to you and mm -hmm. apply to us because of our faith in God. It's the same God. And so I think there's there's things that we can learn about how they follow God. I think there's things that they're, how they heard from God. I think there's things that we can learn uh, from the story um, that, you know, from different characters from the old Testament and the new Testament, but it's not about you. Yeah. So recently I was reading Ezra and have you read Ezra? I have, yeah, I have before. Not recently though. Not recently. Just off the top of the head. No. Yeah. Uh, well, so a lot of it's about rebuilding the temple, mm -hmm. uh, but like, it's just interesting, like as you're talking about reading scripture in context, like as you read that story, um, the king sends, a, sends for Ezra, a man of the Lord, and then the king, you know, is like, I'll give you anything you want, gives him stuff, and then Ezra has to, let's tell us people um hey if you are married if you are married to people like not of israel then you need to divorce them mm -hmm. and they will need to go back to their their land or they will be you know killed and it's like you read that and it's like intense yeah but like it doesn't seem like is does that mean God's for divorce? Like, how do you read that? Yeah, I think it's like once again going back to what we were talking about, just understanding things in context. Yeah, and like understanding, like 
a lot of Israel's problems started from this whole concept of God telling them, hey, like, don't intermarry with other nations and, and things because you're going to be influenced by them. And like, I need you to remain my people. I need you to be a priesthood of all nations. And I need you to bless them and bring them in to what you know. There was a process in which like people could become Jews. Yeah. And become part of Israel. But instead, what was happening was people were intermarrying with other nations and they weren't doing that. They were taking their own culture. They were taking their own idol worship, their own gods. And they were saying, I'm not going to leave these things and I'm going to bring them with me into the marriage. And that caused Israel to stray so far because it's, it's hard to have a wife or a husband like that believes something completely different than you and it, not be influenced by that. And that was what started with um, King Solomon is he started to make these treaties and different things with other nations. And one of the best ways to make treaties at that time and even through a lot of like ancient history was to just marry a daughter of a king or yeah yeah create through marriage a lot of treaties and different things and so Solomon was just like this is epic <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if he said that but um he did that and a lot of that intermarrying and different things with other nations did exactly that it brought all of this idol worship in and because of that Israel suffered so much death, so much hurt and pain and different things. And, and God suffered through that process of his people abandoning him um, and, and different spaces. And so Israel goes into Babylon for 70 years of exile. And like it was completely destroyed, like nothing left. The people were like, yeah, it was it was a gruesome scene when all of that happened and all of that kind of stemmed from like the marriage, the intermarrying. Yeah. And so when you read that in the context, this is a mercy from God saying, like, I am well within my rights to kill you and destroy you for what you're doing. But I'm going to allow you to like, I'm going to spare your lives, but you have to stop with this sin. Yeah, And I'm going to rebuild this people and we can't do it if you're going to go right back to the things that brought you down in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense completely. And you even look at like lists all the names. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. You, divorce your wife, you. Yeah, it's like, oh boy. Um, but yeah, it, it's just interesting when you read those things and you, like at face value, you're like, how is God for that? And it even it, my first time I read it, even I was like, he didn't even get a revelation from God, you know, and you know, putting it in context and understanding the bigger picture of what's going on in Israel and how like their destruction and how, you know, how God was with them and how God even used Ezra who knew the scripture and knew the law he could put that into practice of like saying like we we're not going to repeat history here or mm -hmm. you know we're just not and so in order to not repeat history this is what we need to do and i i think i mean we read the bible today and we read things that we don't like yeah 
because it may, it demands something of us and from us that is difficult and hard and but ultimately when we do those things we become who God created us to be and i think that's really can be difficult because it's dis- it's a discipline mm-hmm. to not do what we want to do or um to do what do what we don't want to you know Mm-hmm. There's a there's a balance there, but like it sharpens us and points us to God even when it's difficult. And so like as you read scripture in context, if there's anything that pops up like that and that does not seem as if it's the character of God, well, there's probably a reason for that. And you as you look up and back up just a little bit and look at the fuller picture of what the Bible is saying you'll see more of a purpose. Just like in your own life, when you submit to God over and over again, some days it may not feel it may not feel worth it. Mm-hmm. It might feel pointless. But if you keep going and keep building and keep trusting, you will see what God has done in your life. And you'll see the fruit of um, what God is doing through you. But you won't see that if you ride waves of how you're feeling. Yeah. I, I think one of, one of my favorite quotes, it, it, I think it comes from Timothy Keller. Of like, Tim Keller. If you, if you don't disagree with God sometimes, then maybe you're worshiping an idolized version of yourself. Mm. And I think that's important to understand is that like we have our own flesh. We have our own sinful desires that take us away from God that are that different that differ us from God and so like there are going to be times where like the bible is going to confront you with your own sinful nature with your own things and the whole concept of you know Adam and Eve in the garden and the serpent tempts them and what does the serpent say it says like if you eat of the fruit you, God is afraid that you will become like him yeah and um, Eve is like, well, I got to do this. And so, like, it comes from this place of us wanting to be in the position of God, even from the beginning. And so we have to understand that, like, our position is not God's. And, like, we desire that position. Yeah. We desire to be in control. But there are going to be times where God says, no, you don't understand the full picture. and like you don't get it but like i need you to trust who i am and submit to my will and not your own and you're not always going to understand why yeah it's it's a difficult discipline for sure i think to the book of job when you know like he asked god like why does all of this stuff happen to me like i demand an answer yeah and god doesn't give him the answer that he wants he gives him an answer but he tells that he goes into this long, like beautiful poem about like Job, where were you when I stretched like the heavens <laughs> and the earth? Like where were you when like I did all of this like stuff in creation? Like you couldn't possibly understand what you're even asking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's amazing to think about. And so I guess just again as we read the Bible, making sure we put those things in context and, and under understand that 
when Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord and, you know, lean on not our own understanding, Mm -hmm. that is why, because God has the big picture and we don't. (laughs) We have our, our little piece and we have to trust God with that piece. And it's not easy to do, but that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Put things in context and then put yourself in the position that you should be in, which is under God. Yeah. Yeah. Putting ourselves in context. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's why being humble and not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to is so important because as soon as you feel like, oh, I've made it or I've done it. I've, you know who I am, like, we're missing the mark, we're missing the picture, because it's not about us. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things we can come away with is those things point to the character of God. Right. And so that would be kind of the next step, is you understand the context of what you're reading, but then you can also, while reading the scripture, know the character of God, and so this I think really helps sometimes with Old Testament reading. Yeah. Is when you're when you're going through here and you're like, okay, I don't understand certain things about the people are different or like how this can apply to me. It's what is the what do the authors of the Bible say about God? Like who do they say he is? And then two, who does God reveal himself to be? And so who does God in the story say he is he is and several times he he does say I am this or just I am yeah yeah (laughs) I am uh and then three the longer you know God the more you can see who he is and so I think one of the best ways we can worship God is to know and understand who he is more um just like any type of relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, generally the the more you can get to know someone, the more you can start to understand like who they are and and love them even more um, through that. And so, yeah, you learn new things about a person, and yeah, you can love them on a deeper level. So, I mean, what that might look like is is daily pursuit of God. And so, I mean, that's where these kind of all come together. Because if you're looking for Bible literacy, uh, looking to understand context of the Bible and know the character of God, well, that ends up with, I want to have daily pursuit of God. And so I think that that leads to the habits of followership. Like, how are you putting yourself in position to know the Bible, understand the character of God, and um, just in prayer? Like, what are what are your habits? Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and we were just talking about purpose and what our lives i guess mean and uh i kind of said i think as humans like god's main purpose for us men and women like its ultimate purpose 
is that we glorify him. Like when we follow in his ways and his footsteps and we become more like him, like we become more like we were intended to be. We were made in the image of God. We are made to be in relationship with one another, just like the Trinity is. We are his children. And so when we walk in his ways, we bring glory to him. And I think that's that's our main purpose of who we are. And so when we that's who God created us to be. Yeah. And when we follow that pursuit and we do those things, we become who we were created to be even more. And so I think sometimes some people say these these passages of scripture of denying ourselves and taking up our cross and and doing some of these things they're like well am i losing who i am yeah and the answer is no you're becoming more of who your creator designed you to be yes that and that's a huge thing i mean cuz especially in our culture today you know it's become very much about identity and what you who you are and all that stuff which is interesting but the point is like <clears throat> the more you are exhibiting traits of the Holy, like traits of the, the Holy Spirit, right? The fruit of the Holy Spirit is what I'm trying to say. The more you're going to be who God has called you to be because you bring a unique version of that to the world that God wired you, right? Like Grant doesn't bring joy the same way I do, but we spoke, you know, it's like the fruit of the spirit. And it's like, he created us with unique abilities and audiences. Like, and, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think we all have this different platform to bring heaven in a sense here and live our, live our faith as if God is who he says he is, has done what he said he's going to do and bring hope to the people. Yeah, and and there's some like, whether it's Isaiah or or Jeremiah, sometimes where it's talking about like, you know, like, can the clay say to the potter like, this is what I am, or Maybe. or different things like. That'd be a creepy video. Yeah, <laughs> we should make that happen. <laughs> like at, at some fundamental point, like, do we, even like a, a kid, who like draws a bunch of scribbles on a, a paper and they come up to you and they say, look at this. And you're like, that's horrible. Just kidding. You don't say that. <laughs> you go, Oh, what is that? And then they tell you, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. Like that's what that thing is. I think we understand that on a, a certain level because they're the one who created it. And so they get to say what it is. And so <laughs> um, I think we understand that on a fundamental level with, with children. But then when it comes to our ultimate creator, like, can we say, no, God, this is what I actually am. Like, he's the one who created us. Therefore, like, he's the one that gives us our identity. He's the one that says, no, this is actually what I created you for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I think that goes back to. Are you going to use things for your own selfishness and like feed those things 
or are you going to read the full context and sharpen yourself to deny yourself and, and follow God and submit your life daily to God? And I, I honestly like a lot of the scripture. There's sometimes vo- the verses that at a, apparent like that surface value can look like they contradict each other surface value yeah but then as you read it you're understanding that it's like two two different things for two different times and the and the more you submit your life to god the more you're going to understand okay i can like these are both true and i can follow god this way as you as you're partnering with the spirit yeah, yeah i think like eight times most of the time when I see two parts in scripture that seem to contradict themselves, it usually means to me, oh, there's a balance. And geez, like we talk about this a lot within Christian community. I think it's said a lot today. Of Jesus is like this perfect balance between grace and truth. And like I think that there's an element of just like Jesus, like, perfectly found the balance between a lot of things yeah when we fully understand the truth then we can have grace for other people and if we're having like true grace that comes from god then we understand full truth yeah and those ideas aren't really in conflict with each other but through our our own earthly desires and judgment and different things that come up like we can distort some of the pictures of god and so certain things can seem like they're in contradiction with one another when they're really not. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause the more full picture you get, the more you understand. <clears throat> and honestly, man, like you think about it, so many people have tilted views of scripture because of their own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, not only, not only like reading scripture at church or even in their own families, you know, you, if you viewing God as father, it can be hard for some people because their dads just were not good dads. Yeah. And so I think understanding, like understanding God is the perfection of your father. You know, God is um, love and all these things. And it's like hard to imagine for some people what that would look like. And heck, it's sometimes it's so hard to imagine for me, you know, it's yeah. like, but the more you understand who God is and, and looking at that, like you said, grace and truth spectrum, even there, there's more than just that, but that's an, that's an important one. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I can have full grace for these people because they know not what they do, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have full, like, as I walk with my friend Grant and I see, let's, let's say Grant does something he shouldn't, I'm going to have some truth with him and some grace. Because it's like, hey man, I saw that you did this, and I don't think that's right. And it's like, then it's on Grant of how he responds to that. But also, I can, you know, I was truth in that for, you know, like I brought up truth and I was there in a loving way that brings up grace. (laughs) Um, So there's that balance there to, to, to strike. Yeah. And so I think scripture gives us a lot of times pictures of how to do things well. And so I think it tries to keep us 
from from doing like one extreme or the other and so yeah i think some of those things and we all come in with our own lenses like i, I took i i heard that all the time growing up through school of how we read different content or consume media differently all with our own lenses our own experiences even what you're talking about with you know some people don't grow up with great earthly fathers or even just a good family in general and so it's hard to understand the concept of god being a father or being a part of god's family and so like those are all like we all have roadblocks on our way to fully trying to understand who god is and so we all come with our own lenses and different things and so i think the biggest thing is just asking the holy spirit like please remove those lenses and, and different things that i'm taking into scripture that aren't there yeah yeah i mean man you just nailed it like prayer on the head of the end of that is like if you want to know god if you want to know context you want to know all these things like you have to break through those barriers and prayer and partnering with the holy spirit in those prayers is huge mm -hmm. um i you know i've been in seasons of my life where it's like, okay, I know what the Bible says. I just need to really talk to God. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I instead of a Bible study for that week or whatever, or that day, mm -hmm. I just pray. Maybe I'm overwhelmed with work, or maybe I'm overwhelmed with a situation, or I just need to know, like, I just need connection with God. And I think that's why it's important to, to keep up what we talked about with, like, daily following of christ through all the disciplines and i think it's so important like if if you're only praying all day and you're just you're just praying all the time and you're not reading scripture and you're not being in the word then your prayers are not going to be what they should be not that you're not going to know who god is through that yeah because god reveals himself in many ways but you're not going to maximize the growth that mm -hmm. you could have if you don't part pair it with scripture. Yeah. And, and I would say at a certain point though, like you are going to start doing harm to yourself, not being in scripture and yeah. only praying because like you're not going to understand who God reveals himself to be. And you're not going to be able to pray. Like I said, what you need to be praying and, and working on, as scripture kind of cuts at your heart and shows you the, the things that you need to work on. And then the the same goes for if you're just reading scripture all the time and you, you're reading it like it's a, a school subject or a different thing and you're not connecting God with God relationally through prayer, then you won't know God. You're also not going to get what you need to get out of scripture because substance. God's word is alive, and, it, and it, like I said, it cuts out our hearts and, and different things and, and reveals how we should be more like Christ. It gives us grace when we need to understand grace and we are living in shame. It helps you know us find love, different things, but it's not going to do any of that if we're not connecting with with God on a relational level. Absolutely. I'm with you on that, man. It's funny you're talking about lenses wearing those fake glasses. <laughs> I've been waiting for that one. But but yeah, how you view the world, is, 
you, you basically God is inviting you to view through a different lens than your trauma, a different lens through uh, your other, you know, the things in your life. And not that those things aren't, I mean, he, he loves you and cares you cares for you and wants to help you heal, but don't want to read the scripture and know God through the lens of your trauma. Don't come, don't come through with, well, I experienced this, so there can't be a God or God wouldn't be like that. Or God wouldn't be like this. It's like, well, why don't you read it and take off your fake glasses? <laughs> Grant. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so, so important. It's just, I, I would say that there's also some people out there, especially people who don't believe that would say that you can never get to a point of reading or understanding things without seeing it through your own lenses and your own biases. Um, but that's what we believe the Holy Spirit can do for us sometimes is to take away all of the junk that we have going on in our lives and say, no, this is what scripture is. This is what God says about you. This is what God says about himself. Yeah. And just take all of those things away. And it's on a certain level, like, those people are right. Like it is impossible for us to do to take those things away on our own. But we know who can. Yeah. The thing is, so have you heard that? Um, I forget exactly how it goes, but somebody that's talking about how all religions are true. That will they'll say like it's like blind people touching different parts of the elephant. Mm. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard that particular metaphor, but. Well, but yeah, makes sense from their perspective, I guess. Yeah. Right. So in order for that to be true, though, like who even knows it's an elephant? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like their truth has become the ultimate truth because of how they viewed that. So my point was thinking through the limited perspective in a, in a way they could be they could be right in a way but as a christian we know who sees the full picture of the elephant and we trust we can trust him another way to put it is we can't see the puzzle box but but we have our little piece of the puzzle of how we live our life and we have to trust god to where we put those pieces of the puzzle Mm -hmm. yeah i would almost like put it with a metaphor of, you know we're down on the ground and, and god's got this bird's eye view mm. from above and he's saying like put these pieces over here or you know even if there's a person up top that's helping you move something and they're like you need to go a little bit to the left here like you have to trust that that person has a better perspective of you on what you're seeing and like I think that's what God and by think I mean I know I know that's what God is able to, to do for us is we can trust him with the big picture, um, and we can you know, trust that he can reveal what he sees from bird's eye view. Yeah. Yep.
not to just highlight one scripture and do exactly the opposite of what we told you <laughs> to do. <laughs> but it, I just think it's interesting the way you said that. It made me think of Isaiah thirty twenty one. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And again, that's not directly to us, but I believe that is kind of how God still works. It's like he puts things in our heads, in our ears, and guides us if we allow him. Mm -hmm. If we put ourselves in the humble position to listen and to serve and to move as Christ followers. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Retweet. I guess it's not retweet anymore, is it? Re-X. That ain't it. I think it's repost. Does it have a new name? Yeah, Elon changed it to X. It's literally I thought it was X. just a, a new logo. I didn't know that it's not called Twitter anymore. Well, when you look at the app, it just is X. Yeah, but before it was just a bird. But it said it would say Twitter underneath. Oh, really? Yeah, now it says X. X marks the spot, I guess. Yeah, yeah he's... He, he was did. like, ooh, I'm going to get people to treasure this app. Yep. That's true. That happened. All right, next Dude. episode, we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, and what does it look like to follow Christ daily? Um, so, I hope you tune in. I hope you have enjoyed these first few episodes. And we'll see you soon. Yep. <laughs> Time to wake up, Grant. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. Why. the perfect time after you said that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. My phone was excited for what you were saying. That's good stuff.